0: out there this morning? Let me hear my singles. Yeah. Woo. All right. Love our singles here at Whitley Church. That's right. 40% of the adult population is single. How about that? Didn't know there were that many of them, did you? We got some of the top quality singles in America right here in Whitley Church. We love them very much. As a matter of fact, we have two singles ministries, uh, one for age 40 and up, and um one from 18, uh, age 18 to 39, Driven is the younger group, Connected is the older group, and uh, we just love them very much and appreciate them. Uh, Cindy Rhodes is the leader of uh, Connected, and uh, Miss Kelly Head is the leader of Driven. and uh, They all, both of them have teams who help them lead, so if you're single out there, you want to get involved and connect with a good Christian group, hang around the right kind of people. You all to get uh, hooked up with our singles ministry. Let me just mention a couple of things before we get into the message today on how to marry the right person. And I know some of you think it's too late for you, but uh, I've got some good news for you too. Inside your worship program, it says get connected, get connected. Guys, it is very, 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 very important that we have your email address, your your, uh, mailing address, your phone number, all that kind of stuff. So if you're not sure we have that, if you've not been getting emails from us, make sure we have your email. Also, and I hate to talk about this on Sunday morning, but your, your, your email provider may be, because we're getting a lot of reports from people who have given us their email that they're not getting stuff from the church. It could be that your email provider is recognizing us as spam because we're sending so many emails out at once. So make sure you make that little adjustment on your email Service there, all right. Also, don't forget if you're going to be involved in prison ministry, you have to be certified. This is a requirement of the state, and certification will be tomorrow night, tomorrow night in the Impact Building, the building right over here. And uh, you can read all about those details in your worship program, okay? All right, let's talk about how to marry the right person. This is our first message in the marriage series. I do, finding out what I do means. I do, I think I do. And so we're going to look at what to do before you get married. Look what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. The Bible says, seek God's will in, let's say it real loud, seek God's will in All that you do, and he will direct your paths. Gloria Estevan, that great gospel singer, said, We seal our fate by the choices we make. Your decisions determine your destiny. Your decisions determine your destiny. So whatever you are this morning... Wherever you are in life is a result of the decisions you've made throughout your life. But there's a wonderful thing about the God we serve. You can make 10 years of bad decisions, 20 years of bad decisions. But when you start making right decisions, the turnaround in your life is very quick so if you've been making some bad decisions you've been kind of following your way of doing things following your own mind apart from Christ and you've been kind of just doing it the way you think it ought to be being done and the more you do it that way the bigger mess you make I've got good news for you and that is that if you will begin to make right decisions godly decisions then your life will turn around very very quickly The most important decision you will ever make, and we're very open about that here at Whitley Church, is that you need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. You need Jesus in your life. And I don't mean that you would just know about Jesus, but that you would know Jesus personally, that you would ask him to come in and to take over your life, to forgive your sins and to live in your heart. And we hope this morning in this service, you will invite Jesus to come in. There is no more important decision you will ever make. The second most important decision you will ever make is whether or not you're going to get married. And the third most important decision you will ever make is whom am I going to marry? Who will it be? And so these are the decisions that determine your destiny. Now, the evidence of bad decisions are all around us. We see broken dreams and broken hearts and broken homes and broken lives. They're everywhere. And uh, we've discovered in our research that more than half now, we used to be able to say half, but sadly more than half of all marriages end in divorce. More than half. The divorce rate has risen more than 250% since 19. 19- the 1940s so that ought to cause alarms to go off in our heart as Christians it ought to cause alarms to go off in the church that we would know that we have to do something this needs to be addressed this needs to be talked about in church now the reason I believe the divorce rate is so high and one of the main reasons I believe that since the 1940s it's gone up more than 250% is because there's very little teaching as a matter of fact i got to tell you this is the only sermon the one i'm about to preach is the only one i've ever heard myself on what to do to choose the right mate what the bible says before you get married i think it's important to know what to do before we get married not just after we get married but before that we will make the right choice now if you're here and i've already had some people come up to me they saw the notes in the worship program today and they've come up to me and gone well i'm already married well you know what i didn't even think about that. I thought it would be all single people today, so I am just really thrown by that. But uh, at least nobody has come up to me and said, what if you already married the wrong person? have not had that one. Thank you so much for keeping that to yourself. But I, knows, I know many of you. Let me hear it from my married people. Let me hear it from you. So I heard some crying in there. But um, If you're married, uh, this this message today may help you understand some of the conflicts you're going through now and maybe how to resolve those or kind of understand where they're coming from. If you're divorced, maybe it'll help you understand a little bit better some of the things that went wrong, what happened in that marriage that ended in divorce. If you're a single adult... Who's chosen to remain single and you say pastor I just really don't believe at this time God wants me to get married you still need this information because you want to grow as a Christian you want to mature and you also want to be able to give good biblical godly advice so you listen to this message now if you're a parent or a grandparent I think it's obvious why you would want this message. As a matter of fact, if I was a parent of somebody who's about to get married or or a grandparent, I would take notes like crazy. I would buy this CD. I would wrap it up. And when they got to the point where they're about to get married, boy, I would say, take this message and listen to it. Don't worry about the preacher. He ain't all that good. But listen to what he's talking about because this information is very, very important. I want to say something right up front, and it may come as a shock to you, but God does not choose your mate for you. God doesn't choose your mate for you. I promise you that God doesn't say in the Bible, marry Harry. It is just not in there anywhere. And so what God does is he leads you. He guides you. He directs you. He provides principles from his word. But ultimately, who you marry is your choice. I heard about a lady who was in court and she said I want a divorce and the judge said well why do you want a divorce? She said because I don't like him anymore at all and the judge said yeah but you promised when you married him that you would take him for better or for worse. She said yeah but he's worse than I took him for. <laughs> amen to that and so uh, I'm sure did Millie say amen to that but um In the first half of this message, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at five ways to know God's will. Five ways to discover God's will. I'm going to go through those very, very quickly. So you write fast and listen fast and I'm going to preach fast. Five ways to know God's will. Now this will work not only in choosing the right mate, but this will work in any business decision you're going to make. It will work in... um, Uh, any kind of decision you're going to make with your family on a major purchase you're about to make, any big decision in your life, um, not just who you're going to choose to get married to, but any big decision, uh, these things will help you know more uh, clearly what God's will for your life is. And the reason there are five of them is because I believe one of the ways God confirms his will in our life is by communicating to us the same thing in several different ways. God communicates things when he's trying to reveal his will to you. Now we all know that there are are, uh, things in God's word that are his will for all of us. The thou shalt nots and the thou shalts, you know, that covers all of us. But then God has a specific will, a specific purpose for your life. And so how do you know what that is? How do you discover what that is? Well, I believe God sends that message to you in layers. God may send it one way, and then you go, well, I think that's God. That that really sounds like God. And then you're not sure, though, so you keep praying. And then God says the same thing in a different way. And then a little later, he says the same thing again in a different way. And what that does is that creates assurance in your heart. That creates um, in you confirmation that you are hearing from God. So let's look at these five things. First of all, God speaks to you through his word, through the Bible. And if you're not in the Bible, if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not doing systematic Bible study, then you're not hearing from God in the most important way he speaks to us. And that is through the Word of God. That's why peer groups are so important. If you're not in one of our small groups, if you're not in one of our singles groups... Um, then you're missing out probably on the kind of systematic Bible study that you need. You know, we don't have uh, the old traditional Sunday school here at Whitley Church anymore. We have now small groups that meet in homes once a week, and we would love to have you be a part of one of our peer groups. Now, you might say, well, I I can't get there every week, Pastor. I mean, I'd like to do something like that, but I can't get there every week. We do not operate that ministry on guilt, okay? You get to those meetings as often as you can, but you need to do life with other believers. You need to do life with other Christians so that you can pray for each other, so that you can celebrate together, so that you can hold on to one another through the storms of life. So if you are not in a peer group, please, please, please today... um, Go by the information desk. Let us know you want to be in a peer group. It's very, very important. And the reason I bring that up again is because in our peer groups, we do systematic Bible study. Look what the Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 119 and verse 105. As a matter of fact, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and the whole chapter is about the Bible. So if you want to know about the Bible, you want to know about the Word of God and why it exists, read Psalm 119. I think it's significant to note that it is the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's all about the Bible. Very, very important. So it says in Psalm 119, 105, God's Word is a flashlight to light the path ahead of me and keep me from what? Stumbling. So, so, you, here's how we are. We don't read the Bible like we should, and we stumble, and we wonder why. Right there's the reason. If you will get into the Bible, get into the Word of God, do it in your own private time, have a prayer partner, a Bible study partner, go, go through the Bible with somebody, preferably your mate, if you can do that, and um, the Word of God will speak to you. Now, I don't recommend the dip and skip method. Y'all ever tried that one? Where you just, you know, open the Bible to a different place every day and look in a different place every day. That's why I say it needs to be systematic. And I definitely don't recommend, you know, when you want to know God's will, you treat it like one of those eight balls. You remember those things we had when we were kids? And you just kind of flip the Bible open and go, I want to marry that person, Jezebel. See, that's not good. You do not want to marry Jezebel or Ahab. All right? Very, very important. Very important. And I heard about a guy one time who was thinking about committing suicide, and he said, I'm going to give God one more chance. And he put his finger down, and it said, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. So see, I'm telling you, the dip and skip method will get you in some major, major trouble. You need systematic Bible study. Listen to this. God will never tell you to do anything that contradicts his written word. And the people of Whitley Church said... Number two, God speaks through impressions. Impressions. The Holy Spirit puts ideas in your mind. The Holy Spirit puts ideas in your mind. It says in Psalm 32 and 8, this is God talking. Put your name at the beginning of this verse. I'll put my name there. Pharaoh, I will instruct you. Hey, Pharaoh, I will guide you along the best, not the good. How many of you know the good is the enemy of the best? He says, I will guide you, Pharaoh, along the best pathway for your life. Hey, Pharaoh... Hey, I will advise you, sir, if you'll follow me and love me and read my word, I will advise you and then I will watch your progress. What a loving message from Daddy God. Amen? That is a loving message right there. So he's just asking us to listen to him as he works and speaks through impressions. I've told you this before. I'll say it again. When the devil speaks to us, that's temptation When Jesus, when God speaks to us, that's inspiration. Number three, God speaks not not only through uh, impressions and through the Bible, but he speaks to us through circumstances, circumstances of life. God will use them to speak to us. You remember Jonah, don't you? How many of you know God spoke to Jonah in a circumstance? He did. And all through the Bible, you can find this. Now, we know this verse I'm about to read. You know it very well. Some of you can quote it. Romans eight twenty-eight. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And here's what that means. That means that God, from time to time, providentially prepares situations for us. He providentially prepares circumstances for our life where we just say, you know what, that was God right there. That was God. That was a God thing. Only God could have put that together. And we end up in the right place, and he puts us there at the right time, and he puts us there in the very perfect situation, and you just know in your knower that God did that. Now listen carefully. On this one, circumstances, we cannot just take the circumstance and say, that's God. You have to measure circumstances by the word of God. You have to measure it by the impressions of God in your heart. I'm going to mention two other things. Now the reason I say that is because the enemy uses circumstances to speak to you and move you around. And he uses circumstances. So we have to be aware one of the things you need to pray for every time you pray, when you're praying for yourself to be what you should be, is discernment. Pray for discernment. We have never, ever in our history needed discernment the way we need discernment today. You have to remember, he is a wolf, but he dresses like a sheep. He is, a, he is an evil, evil force, but he tries to look like an angel. So we need discernment In these last uh, days. So pray this with me right now. Dear Lord, grant unto me me. the gift of discernment. Ask God for that. Ask God for discernment. You need it in these last days. And uh, again, you always confirm circumstances with these other uh, ways God communicates to you. Number four, God speaks to us. And this will probably surprise you. But God speaks to us through research and reason and or reason in other words God speaks to us through our mental capabilities God communicates with us through our intelligence sometimes we say God what in the world do you want me to do and God says back use your brain not the truth have you ever met people who are so spiritual they can hardly even put one foot in front of the other without hearing from God yep you met those people And i got to tell you something. You may think I'm unspiritual, but I want to tell you, there's some stuff you don't even need to pray about. Hard to say amen to that, isn't it? But if you're on the railroad track and the train's coming, you do not want to say, dear Father in heaven, we come before you today. Get off the train tracks. Okay? And there are just situations in life where you just know right from wrong. You know what to do. You know, I tell people, you know, we're... We're just calling on everybody to pray. We're going to have a real uh, time of intense prayer. And they go, well, let me pray about that. Not, well, no, you just pray. You just pray. You don't have to pray about everything, all right? God solved a lot of your problems when he put a brain in your head. And uh, then I talk to people all the time who... who um, you know, just don't use any reasoning ability, and then they they cloak it in spiritual talk, you know. People think if they just cloak what they say in spiritual talk that you can't challenge them on it. I'll have a couple come to me once in a while and say, you know, we've been knowing each other for two whole weeks, and we're just so in love. We're just so deeply in love, and we're going to get married, and I say, well, you don't know him. You don't know her, and and y'all, y'all need to wait. You need to put. No, we're pastor. This is out of your league. This is just out of your league, pastor. We're doing it by faith. You ever heard somebody say that, and they'll just take something, and you know this isn't God. This is it. And some people wouldn't know God if he wore a big green hat that said God on the front. They still wouldn't recognize him. I'm telling you, people think they can cloak anything in spiritual talk and do anything they want to. They say, I, we're getting, I honestly had a couple not long ago say, we're getting married by faith, by faith. And so then you think you can't say anything about that. But then look what the Bible says. Guys, put that next verse up there for me. It is stupid to decide before knowing the facts. You see, I don't think God's going to say that and then tell you to do something stupid. And the people said, now I'm not talking to y'all, but that second service that's coming in here, they need this stuff right here, I'm telling you. So don't get into a marriage or a relationship or a business deal of any kind uh, without uh, knowing the facts up front. And uh, so this isn't just about picking the right mate, guys. Some of you are in the middle of making some big decisions in your life and you just really need to be careful. Let's look at the fifth one very quickly as we bring this to a close. Um, Advice from mature Christians. Uh, That's one of the ways God speaks to you, through advice from mature Christians. If you're an immature Christian, if you haven't been a Christian very long, the Bible calls you a babe. Now, don't be offended by that. We were all babes. I haven't been called a baby in quite a while, but anyway, um, um, we were all little babies in the Lord, and um, and, and so, so it's important if you understand where you are in your relationship with God. Now, let me say this, and don't be offended. You might have been a Christian for 20 years and still be a baby, because maybe you've never been in the Bible, and if you have not been in the Word of God and you've not grown, listen, listen, then you really don't know God's opinion about a lot of things. Because to know God's opinion about a lot of things, you got to spend a lot of time in the Word of God. And you need to have a lot of experience as a believer in seeking God. And so it's important. And i got to tell you something. I've been a Christian since I was seven. I've been a preacher since I was 17. And I still to this day go to people and say, listen, I need to hear from you on this. I need you to give me some direction on this. I need some guidance, and so uh, don't be offended by that. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs eleven nine. 9. It says, the wisdom of the righteous can what? Save you. Save you, and, and I could go on with that verse and not do it any damage. Save you a lot of heartache. Save you a lot of trouble. Save you a lot of pain. Save you a lot of wasted years. Wasted time, Okay. So this means we have blind spots. You know, when you're driving down the road and somebody was talking to me about my crazy driving today. Yeah, I got to take those Whitley Church stickers and bridge stickers off my car so I can get back to NASCAR driving. Um, but uh, somebody's telling me about my You know, when you're, when you're driving your car, you can look in the rearview mirror and see behind you. And you can look in the mirror beside you and see, you know, a little bit. But, but there's a blind spot where you can't see. And, you know, if you're by yourself, you know you're kind of taking a risk. You can either glance back over your shoulder to see if somebody's there, or you can use my method where I just kind of pull up there and see if I hear a, f- a horn blow or tire screech, <laughs> and then I know, oh, somebody over there. And, um, and, and so, so if, but if I have somebody with me, listen, listen, who can see what I can't see, y'all hearing me? Then I say to them, is somebody in that blind spot? And they go, yeah, man, there's a car right there, and uh, you don't want to pull over there. So, so it's not that, you know, we're so prideful, we don't want to ask anybody for advice. And, and that's, that's pride in your life. Don't be afraid to say, what do you think about this? Get with a good seasoned believer and say, listen, what do you believe about this? You don't necessarily have to do what they say. Or, or, and they can tell you something that's a little off the mark. But you at least need to be open to hearing the advice from um, seasoned Christians. That's what a church family's for. That's why you need to go to church. Uh, you know, I talked about this, I think, last time I preached. You, you cannot go to church and be a Christian. I, I'm not saying you can't be a Christian and not go to church. But it's just a lot easier. By coming to church, because you just get to be with everybody and, you know, fellowship and, and understand we all make mistakes and we all stumble and blunder and we all pick each other up. So you need a church family uh, to be there for you. Okay, so, so let's, let's do a little synopsis and then we'll close this message. God's communication to us about his will for our life, listen, listen, is cumulative. It is cumulative. God doesn't usually speak in just one way. God will speak to you in layers when he has something he wants you to do. He'll speak to you in layers. You need to ask, what impression do I get? What advice should I get? What are the circumstances around this? What's God's word say about this? What is my common sense? And what is, what is wisdom, really? Sanctified, common sense. Holy Spirit-controlled, common sense. That's what wisdom is. So we look at all five of these together. It's called the law of unity or the law of harmony. And um, God never contradicts himself. You say, well, what if, what if three of these ways... I feel like God's saying do this, but the other two, either I don't know or it kind of looks like it's saying the opposite thing. Then here's what you do. You just wait. You just be still. There are times to just be still. Um, And and I'm preaching to me here, but there are times that you don't have to be moving forward. Uh, There are times when you just need to chill and you just need to wait on God and you need to be quiet. And those waiting times, listen carefully, might be some of the most difficult times you've ever gone through, especially those of you who are like me and you're type A and you're not very patient, um, God will tell us sometimes, especially us, to wait, to stop, to chill. You don't have to be doing something. Sometimes you need to just be listening. Does that make any sense? 1 Corinthians 14.33 says God is not the author of confusion. So God's, the revelation of God's will, this is an important statement. I don't think I put it in your notes, but it's worth writing down. The revelation of God's will is cumulative and progressive. Very rarely does God speak instantly his will to your life. Most of the time, it's going to be accumulative. In other words, it's going to be several ways he's going to tell you, and it's going to, there's going to be some time involved. Okay? Everybody with me? Say amen. All right, now we're going to look at uh, the last part that has uh, specifically to do with choosing the right mate. Let me dispel a myth. God does not tell you exactly which person to marry. Now, have y'all ever heard the romantic idea that there is one person for everybody in the world and that you have to find your soulmate? you just got to find your soulmate. And you find your soulmate, and you go, this is my soulmate. I've got to find my soulmate. I can't marry anybody else because, you know, there's just this one person in the world for me. And that's a very romantic idea, but it just isn't true. It just isn't true. Here's what God does. God tells you what kind of person to marry. He tells you what kind of person to marry. And he also tells you what kind of person not to marry. So that's how God does that. Because see, if there was like one person in the world for me and marrying anybody else would be out of God's will, then if I'm, if, if let's say Millie was my soulmate, and let's say I'm married out of God's will and I married somebody else. Well, that means Millie, if she ever gets married, she'd have to marry out of God's will too because we were the only ones, y'all with me? So it just doesn't work. It, it, the domino effect just begins to fall apart, all right? So God tells you the kind of person to marry. All right. Two non-negotiable things when you're choosing a mate. Two non-negotiables. You cannot negotiate on these two non-negotiables. Number one, whoever you choose to marry, you must have spiritual compatibility with them. You must have spiritual compatibility with them. Now, we're very narrow-minded on that here at Whitley Church because it's clear in the Bible. God is absolutely clear when he says, in order for a husband and wife to have complete oneness with each other, they must first have complete oneness with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Do not unite yourself with an unbeliever, They are not fit mates for you. Now, don't freak out on me if if you're already in that situation. I've got a word for you, so don't freak out on me. 2 Corinthians 6.15. Now, Paul, when he asked this question, he doesn't ask this question because he doesn't know the answer. He asked this question because the answer is obvious. And he asked this question because he wants to get the people of Corinth to think. Have you ever asked a question when you already knew the answer, but you wanted to stir thought and you wanted to stir conversation? That's what Paul is doing. Paul says, can a believer share life with an unbeliever? And what's the obvious answer? No, they cannot. So if you've committed your life to Christ, and if he's really Lord of your life, if you're determined to live out his plan for your life, then you are not free to choose an unbeliever As your mate. I want to nail that down. If you and your mate are not headed in the same direction in your commitment to Christ, then the result is that you will never attain the spiritual, emotional, or sexual, physical intimacy that God has created for you to enjoy. It simply is not going to happen. Let me just say this, and I'm not trying to offend anybody or hurt anybody, but it is impossible to love you're made. It is impossible to love other people. And this is a strong statement, and I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to offend you. But it's impossible to love your children the way God intended without the love of God in your heart. So I'm telling you guys out there who aren't, you haven't made that commitment to Jesus yet. If you want to be the man in your home and you want to love your wife the way God intended, and you want to love your children the way God intended, then, sir, you need to give your heart to Jesus. And mom, same for you. If you want to, I'm not saying you don't love your children, I'm not saying that. But there is an agape love, there is an agape love that you can't know. That's a deep God love that you can't know until you know Him. So I challenge you to come to Him. You say, well, what if I'm already married to someone and I'm a believer and they're not a believer? What do I do then? Here's what you do you stay with that person you love them, you live the Jesus life in front of them, you you witness to them when the opportunity arises, you use wisdom in communicating with them, but God does not want you to leave that person. God wants you to stay with that person and love them and bring them into the family. Now, that's that, that's strong language, I know. And then but, but that's how it is in the scriptures. The scriptures are clear about that. Now, when God says that, he's not being mean or unreasonable. He's trying to save you a lot of heartache. Okay? So, so get that down. Those of you young people who are here and you're not married, get that down. You are not free to marry anybody you want to marry. You've got to follow God's leadership. And then there's missionary dating, you know. I run into the couple who uh, the, the girl tells me, I, I know he's not a Christian, but I'm going to lead him to the Lord. You know, I'm going to marry him and lead him to the Lord. I want to tell you that the odds are stacked against you on that deal. And I want to tell you that that is like playing with fire. And so I strongly advise not to do that because God says in his word that you should not do that. Marriage and Divorce Magazine National Survey says that... um, One half of all marriages end in divorce. But listen to this, one out of two, one out of two, one out of two. But when a a couple actively attends church, commits their life to Christ, then they pray and read their Bible together. Did you know the divorce rate drops from one in two to one in 1,200? Isn't that amazing? So that's why we're preaching what we're preaching today. That's why we're saying what we're saying. My time is almost up. Non-negotiable number two, you must have life compatibility also, you must have a life purpose compatibility. And what that means is that you may both be Christians, but that doesn't necessarily give you the green light on getting married. You must have life purpose compatibility. I mean, both of you may be Christians, but if you're called to China and he's called to do inner city ministry in Los Angeles, y'all going to have some marriage problems. But then I think about it, you might get along better than the rest of us. <laughs> Amos 3 and 3 says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Amos didn't ask that because he didn't know the answer. He asked that because the answer is obvious. No, you cannot walk together without agreeing on the direction. God has a purpose for you, a calling for you. Listen to me, young people. He has a spiritual vocation for you, a ministry for you, a mission for you. God created you for a specific reason, and it is unique to you, and one day you will give an account to God. And I know people who married out of God's will, even though they married a Christian, they married out of God's will, and there is deep regret in their life. Because they could never fulfill the calling God put on them. Do you all understand what I'm saying today? So it isn't just that you're spiritually compatible, guys. You have got to have life purpose compatibility. Okay? And then let's look at the final one, negotiable. Uh, This one's negotiable, and that is personal compatibility. Uh, The reason I say this one's negotiable is because I do know we can marry people uh, who are very, very different from us and have a great marriage. Uh, I thank God Millie is not like me. If Millie was like me, we would have already had a murder in our family. And so um, I thank God that she's not like me. Here's the deal. Personal compatibility is important because the more you have in common, the smoother it's going to be. And the less you have in common, the rougher it's going to be. Okay. If there are major differences in the two of you, then there are going to be major adjustments you're going to have to make. If there are minor differences, then there are going to be minor uh, adjustments that you uh, have to make. Does, it, does this make sense? This is just good wisdom, good common sense. You need to know the background of their family. <clears throat> you need to look at how their family communicates with each other. You need to look at, uh, You need to look at how they handle conflict resolution. You need to look at the impressions uh, that they have of roles. Hey, listen, before you marry a guy, you might want to look at him and go, what do you think a wife does? (laughs) Amen? And and you may want to look at him, honey, and say, what do you think a man does when he gets home from work? Well, he gets that uh, remote control first. (laughs) You know, first things first. And so you want to you find out what that guy, uh, what is his level of ambition? I mean, he may be a fine specimen of masculinity right now, but if he's laying on that couch with potato chip crumbs on his chest and a remote in his hand and he ain't making no money, that's one ugly dude, I'm telling you now, I'm just telling you. He goes from good looking to ugly, ugly. I'm telling you right now. What's the verbal skills of that person? Um, uh, uh, what child rearing views? You better know those before you get married. You better know how, how you uh, are going to bring up the children. And, and uh, a good premarital counselor will help you with that, okay? Good premarital counselor. We got several here at the church. Sexuality is very important. You need to talk about that before you get married. How many of y'all know sex was God's idea? Did y'all know that? And he was on that day, wasn't he? When he came up with that one, God bless him. Can you God bless God? I don't know, but anyway, um, I just want to thank him for that. Thank you, Jesus. Um, But we think the devil came up with that. We act like the devil came up with that. No, he just perverted it. It's God's idea. And so you need to talk about that before you get married. If you're nervous about that, which is very rare in our day, but anyway, if you're nervous about that, then we'll sit, we'll talk with you, premarital counseling. It is a great thing. And uh, over 50 surveys has proved that you don't have to uh, take her for a test drive before you uh, marry her. Amen? Over 50 surveys prove that people who have sexual relations before they get married or live together before they get married are far, far, far more likely to divorce than people who wait until after marriage. Get it. Get that. Amen? Amen? Two errors, Hollywood error. The Hollywood error error says I got a quiver in my liver, so I know I'm supposed to marry him. No, that is feeling, that is emotion. You have fallen head over heels infatuation with him. God doesn't want you to marry somebody for that reason. That's the Hollywood error. Then there's the heavenly error that that says, you know, God is going to tell me to marry Harry. That's not going to happen either. Six things, six things very quickly. You need to to give your life to Jesus. If you want to pick the right mate, give your life to Jesus. Number two, y'all with me? Number two, make a commitment to God's standard in a marriage partner. You You know what kind of person God wants you to marry. Make sure you marry the right kind of person. You say, well, what if I don't? What if I marry who I want to marry? Well, look at this verse. Put it up there, guys, real quick. Isaiah. Some of you want to light your own fires and make your own life. So go, walk, and trust in your own light to guide you. But this is what you'll receive a place of pain. (laughs) Right down beside that verse, duh. Number three, discover and clarify your life's purpose before you marry somebody. Number four, spend your time in places where there will be a lot of other people who fit the perimeters that God has laid out for you. Not the pink martini. And I don't even know what that is. But I just think that will be a if I ever have a club, backslide and have a club, I'm going to call it the pink martini. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. Number five, I am not going to backslide or have a club. But if I did, it would be the pink martini. Number five, go Man, if you feel like, oh, I got to, I got, to, I got to, I got, no, you don't got to. No, you don't. You'll wish you hadn't. Number six, get premarital counseling. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the truth. Thank you, God, that you don't leave us out there hanging, not knowing what to do. You're so clear. You're so relevant. Thank you for being that kind of father to your kids. And I pray over my church today, don't let us do something stupid, God. Don't let us do stupid things that ruin our life. But God, help us make good, right decisions. In Jesus' name. Now look at me. Everybody look at me. We're going to have the altar open.